1: Welcome to Laying the Points, a Rotovis podcast brought to you by my bookie. I'm Anthony Amico. You can find me on Twitter at Amixta. And my co-host is Fat Cat of Futures, Matt Lamarca, who you can follow on Twitter at Matt Lamarca. Matt,
2: how's it going? Uh, I don't know, man. Uh, you just called me the Fat Cat of Futures. That's uh, I was doing a lot better before that. I don't know how you came up with that nickname, but uh, I guess I'll take it. I mean, it's it's a compliment, I guess, right?
1: Yeah, it's like you know, one of those. Uh, it's like it's it's like uh, what like a Rockefeller kind of thing. Yeah, I, like, I, I you know? know.
2: It's just I don't know.
0: Love a good deal? Sail into the season at Banana Republic Factory's Mega Labor Day Sale. Entire store fifty to seventy percent off. Dresses from nineteen ninety nine. Polos from sixteen ninety nine. Find your nearest store or shop online only at Banana Republic Factory.
2: It seems pretty stupid. (laughs) Anyway, uh, I'm excited to be transitioning away from football and into basketball here. That's definitely my strength. So uh, yeah, excited to to get into some of this stuff. You know, the futures I think are fun. And given that we just had a lot of activity at the trade deadline, I think it's a good time to talk about all this stuff.
1: Yeah, definitely. And before we get into all that, I just want to remind everyone, you can get a listeners only 30% discount to a Rotovis NFL Pass by subscribing to the podcast homepage, rotaviz.com slash podcast. Matt, you already mentioned it. We're going to be talking some NBA today, NBA futures, a little All-Star break, All-Star weekend is this weekend. So a lot of really fun things coming up in basketball. And we're going to start out right away in the Eastern Conference with some essential questions. Matt, are you buying the Cavs? They made... A bunch of moves at the trade deadline. It feels like half their roster is different than what it was before. Right now, they're favorites to win the East at minus 110 on my bookie. Uh, are you buying that?
2: So I'm buying that they're the favorites. You know, LeBron James is still, if not the best player in the game, you know, certainly the one of the top two or three, and definitely the best player in the Eastern Conference. So I think that they deserve to be favored, But I don't know if I really feel comfortable, you know, getting laying only even money with them. They're going to be better on offense just by virtue of removing Isaiah Thomas. Uh I feel really bad for Isaiah. You know, that guy played his heart out for Boston, had to deal with the whole thing with his sister dying last year during the playoffs, and then suffered a a pretty debilitating injury. So he's somebody that I definitely root for here, but He is just not the same player at this point. Uh, The team was markedly worse when he was on the floor on both ends of the ball. And just by virtue of having uh, LeBron running more of the offense, they're going to be better on that end. But the offense really is not the issue. It's been the defense. And I'm still not 100% sold that they've patched all those holes. You know, they were really good against the Celtics in their first game. But the Celtics are actually a pretty pedestrian offensive team if you look at the numbers. The Thunder torched them on defense, but the Cavs were able to beat them in a shootout. So I think that the you know the jury is still out on this team overall, but I, I, I understand why they're the favorite, and if I had to pick gun to my head, I would probably take them to win the East still.
1: Yeah, I agree with a lot of what you said. I mean, it's crazy to me that, I uh, that it's only been two games, but that they're still really struggling on defense. I, I, like, Isaiah is just like a triple minus on defense, even when he was really good. Right. So for him to be off the floor, they're, they're getting some better guys in. I feel like George Hill is, is pretty scrappy on defense. Still a really poor defensive team. I mean, I think a lot of it probably has to do with, with what they have on the interior and on the wing, you know, outside of LeBron. But you're right. I mean, they're going to have to really improve there, if they want to make a deep run into the playoffs, you know, we know that the games slow down in the postseason, you really got to be able to play half court D. So we'll see if they can do that. I I agree with you. They're probably the favorite, you know, they are rightfully the betting favorite, but I just don't think they're a good bet at basically even money.
2: Yeah. And we'll see, uh, what George Hill's ultimate impact is. I mean, he has definitely slipped this year a bit in his defensive impact. Now, you can say that part of that is because he's been playing, you know, meaningless games up in uh, Sacramento, or you can say that it's because he's getting a bit older, but he ranks 84th this season out of 97 qualifiers at the point guard position in terms of defensive real plus minus. So that's still better than Isaiah Thomas, who is down at 95th, but yeah. it's, uh, it, you know, it's not like they made a huge upgrade there. And uh, it's really going to come down. This team is going to have to outscore people to win games, in my opinion. So we'll see what happens. Like I said, Jerry definitely still not out on this team. But, yeah, uh, I still definitely have my questions about them.
1: Yeah, and I think a major factor, too, at least when we're talking postseason, is that they're still the three seed. So if they can't move up, they're going to have to play, you know, presumably Boston and Toronto as, yeah, obviously it's a series, but basically as their as the road team. So game right. 7 would have to be not in their place. Uh and speaking of the Raptors, Matt, what do they have to do get to get some respect around here? Clearly they've been the best team in the East this season, but still plus 280 to win the conference.
2: Yeah, this this is my team. Uh people obviously are, you know, scared of them given what they've done in the playoffs the last few years. They haven't been able to get past the LeBron hurdle and uh honestly have kind of been embarrassed in the playoffs by them but this is a different Toronto team if you haven't watched them much this year even though they have a lot of the same pieces they're more ball movement oriented less reliance on Kyle Lowry and DeMar DeRozan to you know be sort of usage machines and uh they're they're shooting more three-pointers this year DeRozan has added a three-pointer to his game which was really the only knock about him as an offensive player so, he has become, you know, an elite player, in my opinion, on the offensive end. There's value. You know, we all knock mid-range jumpers this, uh you know, this time. But there are still times when the shot clock is winding down and you need a bucket. And that guy is just flat out, you know, one of the three or four best players in the league at getting you a score when you get one out of system. So... Uh, I think that has value. They're deep. They have a ton of pieces. Uh, I really like this team. They're, uh, in the top 10 in both offensive and defensive efficiency. They're actually in the top five in both categories. And the only other teams in the top 10 in both categories this year are Golden State and Houston. So, uh, NBA champs have historically been in the top 10 in both categories. I'm not, you know, willing to, to take them that far, but, I think that this is a very live dog when it comes to representing the East here.
1: Yeah, definitely. Uh, You mentioned real plus-minus before. Kyle Lowry and uh, Wichita State Immortal Fred Van Fleet, both top 20 in real plus-minus for the entire league. Uh, DeMar DeRozan's effective field goal percentage is 49.5. It's the highest it's been since his rookie season, and he's 13th in scoring. So a lot of really good stuff happening for them in that backcourt. And I, I really think that the front court actually matches up pretty well with, with Cleveland, Serge Ibaka and Valanchunas. I I think that that makes it really tough for the Cavs to get a lot out of Tristan Thompson, just because I think Valanchunas is pretty skilled inside, Uh, you know, and if they want to put Thompson on Ibaka, you know, Ibaka can space the floor and, and shoot threes. So a pretty tough matchup, I think there for Cleveland. And like you said, really good on both sides of the ball or on both, both ends of the floor. So uh I think we need to respect Toronto. I think that if you're gonna bet a team in the East, it's it's probably the Raptors.
2: Yes, agreed. And one more thing that I like about them is even though they do have a talented front court, they have the ability to go small. You know, they can put a Baca at center and play, you know, CJ Miles or O. J. Anunoby with uh with their starters and, and throw an extra point guard out there too. Like they have a lot of different looks that they can throw at you. They're extremely versatile, so uh, you know that that's another thing that I think only helps them when you're looking at them to win the East.
1: Definitely agree with that. Now, is there anyone else that you think factors into this, and are all these teams really just playing for the right to lose in the NBA Finals?
2: Uh, well, to answer your second part, I think that the answer is yes. Unfortunately, uh, whichever team makes it out of the East is going to be a very, uh, a pretty, a pretty heavy dog to to beat whoever comes out of the West, you know, barring something uh, really crazy happening. So I think that for the most part, they're all playing for second place. Um, one sort of longer shot team that I have my eye on, and I'll be honest, I was very down on this team at the beginning of the season, but this is still, uh, they're, they've been impressive of late, and that's the Philadelphia 76ers. 10-5 uh, and five since returning from London. This was uh, in the middle of January. They have the uh fourth best net rating in the league over that time frame behind only the Warriors, Rockets and Utah and uh you know this this team has the horses with Simmons and um Joel Embiid, you know they they have the players here. It's all about whether they're ready to do it now and I think they're a little bit ahead of schedule. So yeah, uh I like them. I I don't know if I would really actually bet them to win the East, but I think that they could make a little bit of noise. Yeah, I like
1: that. I, I, I do wish that they had one more scorer, just because I feel like Simmons is more, still more of like the facilitator kind of a player. But, I mean, Philly is fun as hell. And no one really can match up, I think, with Embiid, at least in the East, when, when he's healthy. So, uh, for me, Boston is definitely in the mix. But their odds really haven't moved. I kind of expected to see a little movement in their odds. Uh, you know, but they opened, at least to win the whole thing, they opened at plus 800, and they're still sitting at plus 800. So, not really a lot of a lot of change there, and I'm not really sure that the value is is very good. So, I'm probably not betting it, but I do think that they are in the mix, uh, you know, to compete there.
2: Yeah, I'm, I'm down on Boston. They're really the one team that I'm selling right now. You know, they got off to a ridiculous start, and everybody kind of wrote them off early, but... They have been pretty pedestrian since then. Uh, especially on offense, like they have Kyrie Irving, obviously, but they just don't have anybody else really that can, that can get a bucket for them reliably. Their defense is awesome. They're still first in the league in defensive efficiency, but, uh, I just don't, I don't see them really as an equal to the Raptors or the Cavs at this point. So, uh, the fact that they are still, you know, uh, closer to plus 150 or 190 at this point to me is is a little bit uh, surprising.
1: Now let's move over to the West where the Warriors are currently big favorites, minus 380 to win the West and minus 250 to win the NBA championship. We're going to talk if teams can challenge them. And and I want to start here because I'm really into the Rockets that, you know, they have the same number of losses as Golden State, despite, Uh, Chris Paul missing 18 games. James Harden has missed seven. When both of those two guys play, the Rockets have been 29 and three. So really, really dominant with both of their backcourt studs, healthy and in the lineup. Uh, Houston's top lineup, which is Chris Paul, James Harden, Trevor Ariza, Ryan Anderson, and Clint Capella. uh, It's averaging 1.241 points per possession. And the Warriors with their big four, uh, KD, Steph, Draymond, and Clay Thompson, they're averaging 1.231 points per possession. So razor thin, I think that this is going to be a legit series when it happens. Uh, so I just when don't Yeah, hopefully <laughs> when it happens. And I just don't think that the odds discrepancy uh, you know, really lines up with the you know the actual talent here and how close that series is gonna be. You can get Houston for plus 350 to win the conference and plus 450 to win it all. So I, I like those guys as bets uh, a lot more.
2: That's fair. Houston uh, is certainly in the mix. They have taken a big step forward on defense this year, which I think is very important for them. Uh, like I mentioned earlier, they're up to ninth in defensive efficiency this year. So they're not you know, a historically bad defensive team anymore. And the lineup, and um, when, when Chris Paul, James Harden, and Clint Capella have all been in the lineup, they have like a ridiculously good record this year. So I hear all that. I get that the odds are more enticing, but that said, I'm still taking the Warriors. Uh, I still think that this team has another level that they can go to when they need to. I think they're on cruise control right now. And they've struggled with injuries themselves. Durant, Draymond have each missed eight games. Curry's missed 15 games. And we've seen that when Curry is out of the lineup, this is not the same team offensively. So as long as this team is at full strength heading into the playoffs, uh, I feel comfortable betting them to win, even having to lay the juice. I just don't see Houston being able to beat this team four times in seven games.
1: Definitely fair. I mean, I'm really just looking more forward to betting the over on three-point attempts for every game of that series. (laughs) That
2: could definitely happen.
1: A lot of chucking. Uh, So we're going to get into the all-star break bets in a moment. But first, uh, Matt has another interview with Rafael Esparza of my bookie, talking futures, talking all-star break, a lot of really good stuff. So we're going to go to that.
3: Hey, sports fans, football season's here, and it's time to get in on the action with my bookie.
2: All right, we are back once again with Rafael Asparza. Rafael is a lines consultant for MyBookie AG, and he's been gracious enough to come back on the show with us. Uh, Rafael, how's it going?
4: Pretty good. How about yourself?
2: Going pretty good. Uh, excited today to talk a little bit of NBA with you, um, Anthony, the, my co-host of the show. He's definitely more the NFL guy on our show. And I am sort of a hoops head. So I've been waiting to, uh, to dig into some of this stuff here. So I'm excited. Um, post trade deadline, I guess the most exciting topic is, is the Cavs because they obviously overhauled basically their entire roster. Um, they shipped out, I want to say six players brought in four guys. So let's talk about how those moves that they've made have affected them on the futures market. I think they dropped. They they actually dropped out of the top spot on the East for a little bit. But I'm now seeing that they're back to being favored to win the Eastern Conference. So, can you talk about what went into those line moves a little bit?
4: I mean, we adjusted them. I we, I still think uh, we didn't go too haywire. on uh, adjusting the Cleveland Cavaliers. I mean, just to win it all, they're still six to one. But when you throw in Golden State minus two fifty, Houston. Uh, plus 450, uh, it, it's not as significant where you think, okay, now they're the heavy favorites with their trade. I mean, they got younger. They, they got more athletic. That's pretty much it. They didn't add another dominating score, uh, that I think that's going to uh, pre- prevail, uh, beating Golden State, uh, Houston. I still think they're going to struggle out of the East with the emergence of uh not what the, how the raptors have been playing uh the, the throwing the Celtics throwing the Wizards we're going to get John Wall back and maybe the wizards will pick up someone uh, off the market coming up with a whole bunch of buyouts coming uh coming out soon so uh, yeah it's a nice move for you uh, for cleveland and i think this move wasn't just for cleveland this year i think this was this these moves that the cleveland cavaliers was to show lebron hey we got younger we still got that number one pick maybe you should think about staying here i don't think this move was Hey, let's let's go win an NBA championship, or or uh, we're gonna uh, this is all for one, and this year, and then you can leave us after next year. I I think the moves that they made were for for the future and not just for this year.
2: Yeah, definitely uh, a little bit. You know, you can make the case that it helped them in both ways, and obviously holding on to that uh, Brooklyn pick was was big for them, I think as well.
4: Yeah, I mean, I, people think that the trade was was so significant for right now for the Eastern Conference and all that, but I, I I'm a big believer those trades uh, were were big for the long haul uh, of the Cleveland Cavaliers. And even if he does leave, they, they're not going to be in that bad of shape just uh, just because they got some young talent plus again the number one draft pick.
2: All right, well let's talk one of their main competitors in the East. You brought them up, the Toronto Raptors. I'm honestly pretty shocked that they still have worse odds to win the East than the Boston Celtics. I think they've been basically the most impressive team in the East for the duration of the season. They rank in the top 10 in both offensive and defensive efficiency this year. So, uh, why do you think the public is scared of this team a little bit? Is it just purely based off of their playoff history? And, you know, do you think that they're a real challenger to, to represent the East in the finals?
4: They are a real challenger. If you're looking for a betting per perspective, on number-wise, the reason why they're not ahead of Boston is because of the ticket count and the liability we have with the, uh, with the Boston Celtics. We still have plenty liability on the Celtics. Not We're not in a minus where we're going to lose our, sh- our shirts and I'm going to be looking for a job or collecting cans <laughs> after Eastern Conference, but the liability was everyone was jumping all over Boston when they got Gordon Hayward when they did the moves that they made uh and, and everyone thought with Kyrie Irving coming in, that's why the Celtics are still two to one. And that's why the Raptors are plus 280. I've even seen somewhere even three to one or plus 350 on the Raptors. It's not because they're, it's not because of their play. It's not because how they did in the playoffs a uh, year after year. I still think uh, if you're the Raptors, they remind me of the Chicago Bulls where they just kept on you know, getting beat by the Detroit Pistons. I just showed my age just now when Michael Jordan was <laughs> playing and, the, and then they had to, uh, I live in, eliminate the, uh, the Detroit Pistons and, and hurdle that hurdle. Well, I think that's where the Raptors are. Once they get, uh, uh, get out of those playoffs and, and make a nice run in the Eastern Conference or even represent the Eastern Conference, and I think they make that hurdle. But for the number wise, they're, 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 they're where we need them to be because uh, the liability and the amount of tickets we have written on the Boston Celtics for player wise and record wise. Yeah. If I was anybody else in the Eastern, I would be worried about the Raptors as well. Cause I think one of these days they're going to have to. Uh, make that hurdle and, and make an advancement. if not their window is going to be totally shut in the Eastern Conference and they might have to think about getting rid of uh, one of those two players
2: right that makes a lot of sense um, do you think it's a three-horse race there with the East I mean is anybody else in play I, I, Philadelphia has been really good recently I'm sure that they were you know a popular trendy pick early in the season is there anyone else that the books sort of have their eye on here in the East
4: I have to say the, the Milwaukee Bucks. I mean, uh, w- what they're doing after since they fired Jason Kidd in the winning streak and, uh, they're getting healthy, uh, with, uh, what's his name from Javar coming back from his knee and he played last, uh, last night or a couple of nights ago. I think he played maybe 18 minutes and showed that he still has a play. Now that I think uh, the Milwaukee Bucks could be one of those teams. Cause again, uh, the NBA playoffs is all about winning a five or a seven game series. It's not winning one game when you advance. Like the NFL or, or March Madness and college basketball, we're talking about winning a five-game series or a seven-game series. That's why I keep on telling you, uh, people about the Cleveland Cavaliers. I was still not as high with the Cavs if they didn't make any uh, any of those moves, unless if they still had the team that they had now. But beating LeBron James, and I don't care what other four you, four guys you have on the court, beating LeBron James in a five-game or a seven-game series is not easy. It's not fun. So I wasn't I wasn't waving a white flag with the old roster they had before cuz beating LeBron James in a seven game series is no piece of cake.
2: Yeah, 100% agree with that. Um all right, let's switch over to the west. I think for most people it's considered a two horse race here with the Warriors and the Rockets. Are people, you know, taking what they know here with the Warriors and laying the juice with them right now or are they more intrigued by getting the plus odds with Houston? Where where are the majority of the tickets coming in?
4: Oh, I think the majority of the tickets now are on the Houston Rockets uh, compared to what the Golden State Warriors have done. I just don't think the Golden State War. I mean, they, they still have one roster spot today. I would not be shocked if you, if uh, if a, uh, I want to say a big buyout person goes onto to that team. But I would not be shocked if uh, when a couple of these buyouts that could happen in the next couple of uh, a days or, or a week or so, they, they pick the Golden State Warriors because they could always get rid of Jamal McGee, who, yeah I know he's a crowd favorite, but they don't really need that big of a size, especially no one else in the West, or even no one in in the east besides maybe Philly with their big guys would would need a matchup of a, a Jim Malee so that they can release that spot and maybe grab uh, another score or de- deepen their bench for uh, for Golden State. But yeah, I think what the public is and with the money coming in, I think the public sees uh minus three eighty or higher against Golden State to win the West. Or give me plus three, uh, 50 or lower. Uh, give me plus money on the Rockets. Uh, so yeah, it is a two team race, but I like I said, the Spurs are always going to be tough out in the playoffs because again, five and seven game series. Who knows what's going to happen with uh, Oklahoma City? I thought they would have played a lot better against the Cavs, especially with Westbrook and come, uh, coming back after two day of rest with, uh, ankle injuries and, and they played what came out flat throughout the whole game. Uh, but don't sleep on this Utah Jazz. If they can grab the eighth spot or the seventh spot, they could cause that number one team or number two team some headache early. And uh, we've learned this in the past. You always kind of want to get as many days rest in the playoffs as possible. And I think the Utah Jazz, if they can grab a playoff spot, let's say an eighth or seventh spot, they're going to give those teams an extra day of games because I think they can steal some games.
2: Yeah, that's a good point. If they have to you know, play two real series, like let's just say hypothetically – the Warriors have to play the Jazz and then the Spurs. You know, that's a lot of work that they might have to do before seeing a team like the Rockets in the finals. So, uh, yeah, that's that could be a, a big factor to keep your eye on. And they've been awesome since Rudy Gobert came back from injury. Let's talk a little bit of All-Star Weekend here. Uh, definitely a fan favorite type of event. How much action do you guys typically take on stuff like the dunk contest, the three-point contest, and then the actual game itself?
4: I mean, for me, I've seen numbers just dwindle and dwindle down. Uh, it, it's funny, uh, now that the dunk contest has pretty much fizzled and the game itself has pretty pretty much fizzled, because now, I mean, it's sad to say when, when the season, when football ends, I know everyone thinks NBA and all that, but when football ends, it's really about March Madness and college basketball, right. and then the NBA really gets their center stage after March, uh, like April, uh, May, June is when the NBA really gets 100%. Uh, act, action going in there. So it will get action. I mean, a slam dunk contest, uh, will get some. I think a lot of, a lot of plug with Dennis Smith Jr. and stuff like that. I uh, I think getting plus money on Larry Nance uh, Jr. Uh, almost through the one, I think is a really good odds. But I mean, there's really no all stars in the, in the dunk contest. Uh, I thought Gordon would have be, been in there with Orlando if he would have stayed in there. I thought he could have been uh, a little highlight, a little bit more energetic for the dunk contest itself. But, again, uh, we'll get action, of course, in a three-point contest. There's no Seth Curry. People want to see. I mean, I know Clay Thompson's in it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I know Bradley Beal and, and Kyle Lowry, other uh, all-stars, even Paul George. But like the crowd and the viewers really want to see Steph Curry in it, though, or or the bearded one, the people who shoot a lot of threes day after right. day. So we'll get action on it. We'll get action on the game. But again, I I always tell people, yeah, it's nice to have the All Star Weekend uh, and stuff like that. But for for betting purposes, March Madness is still going to be king. And then, and then not only at the NBA's on Sunday, but yeah, UFC on free TV. As you get on F- uh, Fox Sports One. It's also going to be going on uh, on Sunday. So you're stealing some thunder. I mean, I know people would probably watch both or try to watch both. And then you throw in the Olympics as well. I would not be shocked at the viewing and maybe betting wise for this NBA All-Star weekend. is probably going to be a little bit down uh, just because of what the options people are going to have this weekend. And, and, I, and I know people don't really care about the Winter Olympics, but uh, it's still, still some viewership out there.
2: Yeah, that's a good point. I mean, we'll see if this new format... Puts any juice back into the game with the players picking the teams themselves because, you know, I mentioned I'm I'm a diehard NBA fan, but that game is is tough to watch. They, you know, there's no defense. It's it's just it's just really tough to watch.
4: For for an maker and for a handicapper, a guy that bet sports, I choose every All Star game as a day off for me. I've never bet. Uh, an all-star game, a, a pro bowl, a, a baseball. Also. I have never placed a wager on any of that because for, for me, it's, it's, it's a day off. I'm like, ooh, I can save some money. Uh, if that's the only thing that's on TV, maybe I will, uh, take the wife off for dinner or, or catch up on the DVR or, <laughs> or binge watch something. For me, I use it as a day off. Uh, from just for a guy that has to watch every sporting event that does odds and pretty much everything and has to do entertainment. Ads. So for me, I can't wait for the NBA All-Star Weekend. For me, it's three days off of a sport that I don't have to really uh, dive into.
2: Okay. Uh, and then one one last question real quick, and this is actually kind of a good segue from what you just mentioned. There's really not a lot of data, you know, available with stuff like the dunk contest, you know, the the All-Star game. What? How do you set these odds? Like, is it more of a shot in the dark than than with some of the other lines that that get posted in Vegas?
4: Uh, a lot of it is. I remember the first time we ever d- did dunk contest uh, uh, it's, it's pretty much you're you're putting the favors on, of course, on uh, creativity, especially for the dunk contest, uh, and who the public is going to jump on right away. So, uh, for instance, if it was a three point contest and I know Clay Thompson is two to one right now, but if Seth Curry was on it, you already know you're probably going to get 10 more tickets written on Seth Curry than any other p- person on it. So you would have to make him the favorite, even though he, let's say he's going to come on shoot left-handed the whole <laughs> time he's making the threes. You know the public right away is going to be shooting, uh, taking Seth Curry no matter what. And that's what you have to really look for, especially in a three-point contest and because uh, three-point contest, uh, back in the day when Larry Bird was in it and these big three points, it didn't matter who else was in it. You knew every, uh, 10 tickets you were going to write on Larry Bird, one ticket was going to come in on somebody else. And that's the same thing you have to treat. That's why Clay Thompson is the favorite two to one. Eric Gordon's around four to three to one. You just take the, uh, the popular guys, you know, the public is going to bet heavily and make them the favorite. And then hopefully and pray that you're going to get Toby Harris uh, <laughs> at 10 to one some tickets or Kyle Lowry, who is at plus eight fifty because my guy comes up to the window with a, with a Raptors jersey on. He's like, I'm going to take Kyle Lowry. You're saying, hey, thank you. Here's, a, here's an extra drink ticket.
2: <laughs> all right, perfect. Uh, thanks again, Raphael, for coming on. Uh, that's Raphael Esparza, my bookie lines consultant. And uh, we will look to talk to you again next week.
4: Not a problem. Have a great uh, rest of the week, great weekend, and enjoy all those NBA festivities.
2: Thank you, sir.
1: All right, we're back. Another great interview with Matt Lamarca and Rafael Asparza. A lot of really interesting content, I thought, there. And it it leads us really, really nicely into the all-star break bets. But first, I just want to talk a little bit about our presenting sponsor, MyBookie. MyBookie has everything. I mean, let's just call it what it is. You can bet from your desktop, your tablet, all on the all-world-class mobile site. MyBookie offers the fastest no-hassle payouts with you win when you win and of course my bookie will match your deposit with up to a 50% bonus when you use the promo code laying the points that's promo code laying the points visit mybookie.ag today and start getting a hang of the props builder we talked about it on the last show really good opportunity for you guys to get some exposure to sports betting get some exposure to some of these NBA slates especially if you're trying to transition from DFS into sports betting you know make a prop Find a player that you like or that you don't like. Build a prop that is enticing to you and pick a side. I think it's a lot of fun. It's a really great way to get into sports betting. And again, you can do that on mybookie.ag. Mybookie.ag, you play, you win, you get paid. Use promo code laying the points for a 50% deposit bonus.
2: Yeah. And right. one more thing to just throw in, the prop builder is awesome. Uh, I think that you know, if you are looking to just make the transition from fantasy sports into sports betting, it's a really, you know, sort of fun way, uh, easy to understand way to get some exposure to uh to some of these bets without having to, you know, do a ton of research or anything like that. If you think that, you know, Anthony Davis is gonna destroy the Lakers tonight like me, you know, build a prop, points plus rebounds, points plus rebounds plus assists and blocks. What whatever you wanna do, you can you can get it done. And uh, challenge your friends. It's it's really fun. And uh, I'm going to start taking some of Anthony's money, I think, by building some props against him.
1: <laughs> well, when it comes to basketball, I don't know if you need to build props to take my money. But I, I certainly look forward to uh, using the prop builder. Uh, all right. So let's get at some of these All-Star Weekend events. Uh, you know, we know that the game takes place. I don't think we really have much, 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 much interest in that. Uh, you and Raphael talked a little bit about that. Uh, but we have some cool competitions, and the first is the Skills Challenge. Uh, right now, Lou Williams is the favorite to win the Skills Challenge. There's a, a lot of really good competitors, though. I think in
2: this, uh, so
1: Matt, who are you going with?
2: I'm gonna I'm gonna push back a little bit. I think this is a really weak field of competitors. I mean, the four best guards that we could find to do this thing are Lou Williams, Jamal Murray, Spencer Dinwiddie, and Buddy Hield. I mean, that's pretty weak sauce. So I mean.
1: Buddy Healed is a is a Final Four competitor, right? I mean, we're...
2: <laughs> right. I mean, he's a, he's gonna be Steph Curry according to Vivek Ranadive. So, anyway, <laughs> uh, I this to me is is the least appealing um, of of the events here. I, I don't think that I'm going out on a huge limb saying that the only guy that I'm immediately crossing off is Andre Drummond. You know, oh, yeah. part of this event is you have to make a three pointer from the top of the key, and this guy is clearly you know, a step below all of the other big men and uh, the guards. So the the one betting angle that I, I think is the big men care about this event more. You know, they want to prove that they have guard-like skills and that they just happen to be trapped in, you know, seven-foot bodies. So they go hard with the dribbling and the passing and the shooting while these other guards kind of just loaf through it a little bit. So I think that the value here is with Joel Embiid at six to one, or Lowry Markin at seven to one. Uh, they both have shown the ability to hit the three ball. They obviously can dribble the ball a bit, and uh, you know I think that they're just going to be trying harder than the other guys.
1: Yeah, I'm totally with you. I, I think that I prefer Lowry just because of the uh, you know the ability to sh- to stroke the three a little more pure there. I mean, I definitely think that Embiid Wants is going to. Yeah, he's gonna throw some moves in. Like we're gonna see at least, you know, one Embiid. You know, breaks the ankle of the uh, of the immobile object. Uh oh. You know, <laughs> I might
2: be changing my bet then. Like that,
1: like that's going to happen. I feel like at some point. But yeah, I mean, the, I totally agree. The bigs, the bigs want to show that they're there. I think that, I mean, I, I can't really argue that the guards aren't that great. So it's not, it's not like they have to go out and beat. Uh, you know, one of the upper echelon guards in the league. So I definitely, definitely agree with you on Embiid or Markkinen.
2: Right. And can I just say that, like, Lou Williams isn't even an all-star and he's coming to do this event. Like, come on, Steph Curry. Like, you know, come on, John, uh, not John Wall, he's hurt. But, like, let's get one of the seven point guards who are actually on the all-star team to to compete in this event.
1: Yeah, fun? I would definitely like to see that. 100% agree. And, you know, shout out to Lou Williams' new contract. Um, good for you. <laughs> so three-point contest, I actually think, is probably, like, the most bettable contest, just because at least we know who can shoot threes and who can't. Uh, Clay Thompson is the favorite at two to one. Uh, Matt, what is your preference here?
2: Yeah, so I'm, I'm way into this. Uh, I've been deep, deep in the internet doing research on this event. Uh, I'm, I'm not a hundred percent sure if it's going to make it into article form yet, but it, uh, regardless, I think I have some, some nuggets here. So the first thing is that Clay Thompson is just flat out the best shooter in this group. If not the best shooter on the planet, I mean, maybe Steph Curry would take some exception to that, but his number, this numbers this year are just absolutely ridiculous. 44.5% from three. And if you only look at shots where he is considered wide open, which is no defender within six plus feet, he is uh, at 56.1%. So, you know, these shots are all going to be wide open. Obviously, I think that that might be a more better representation than a true, you know, three point percentage. So uh, that number is just absurd. He's also the best if you look at some of the uh, tracking data available on NBA.com. They separate the floor into three spots, left corner, right corner, and above the break. Of all the guys in the field, he has the best percentage at one of the spots, 57.1% from the left corner. And I think that that matters in that they now have a rack of five money balls. So if he puts that in the left corner and goes four for five or five for five, it's going to you know be tough to beat him. So he's also one of the only two guys... Over 40% from all three spots on the uh, floor per NBA.com. So he is a rightful favorite here, and I will not be surprised at all if he wins this thing. That said, I do like a couple of the longer shots here. Kyle Lowry, I think, is my favorite from a betting perspective at 9-1. to He's the only other guy besides Clay to shoot it at over 40% from all three spots on the floor. And he's 52.6% from the right corner. So, again, I think he can use that money ball rack. Hopefully he'll put it in the right corner and, uh, you know, pile up a bunch of points there and then, you know, you don't have to be great from all the other spots. So, uh, given that, you know, this is still an event that has a bunch of variants, uh, I like him at 9-1. to one. And then the other guy I'm eyeing is Paul George. Uh, he is at... Seven to one, I believe it might be seven and a half to one or six and a half to one now. Um, but he is at fifty one point one percent on wide open shots, which is second best to Clay, and then forty seven point one percent from the left corner. That's the third best mark from a specific spot, behind only uh, Thompson and Lowry. So those are the three guys to me that I think make the most sense from a metric st- standpoint. You can obviously bet the favorite with Thompson, but uh I might eye the Lowry Paul George combo plate, hope that one of them wins it and uh look to cash in there.
1: I like it. I, I love the research, Matt, on the three point contest. I mean this is this is full blown degeneracy.
2: You know it, baby. Like I'm I'm digging in. Uh I might do some research on the dunk contest. Haven't had time for it yet, but I want to see if there's a different, like a vertical to uh <laughs> to dunk contest score translation.
1: I love it. We we can get in the lab and do some modeling. Um, I, I'm I'm gonna take Brad Beal here just because I think he's a little underrated in terms of the odds. Thirty nine percent three point shooter for his career. I feel like he is kind of like a pure shooter. Um, I think that there's something to being like a uh, you know a guy who can shoot and a guy who shoots. If that makes sense, like uh, you know I feel like Devin Booker, Eric Gordon, like those are just guys who. Who shoot in games, like their scores, uh threes are part of that. But I feel like Brad Beal can really knock him down. Uh and again, longer shot odds, 17 to 2. I, I like getting the the longer odds in this. So uh, I really can't go against your research, uh, but Beal was the guy that uh, kind of stood out to me.
2: Hey, uh Raphael told me off the air, Brad Beal was his pick. So you're not alone. Uh and I agree, the guy is a pure shooter. So uh it it really you know, as good as all these guys are, it's still an event where one ball is worth more than other balls and one rack is worth more than other rack. Like, there's a lot of crazy stuff that can happen. So I agree that we want to hunt the, the value on this one.
1: All right. Now, I, I saved the best for last because, I mean, the dunk contest is the one that, that I like to watch. I don't love the field this year. I, I wish it was a little better. Um, but we have a rookie, Dennis Smith Jr., coming in as the favorite. Who you got here?
2: Yeah. So I actually think this is a pretty athletic field. I am a little bit bummed that, uh, Aaron Gordon had to withdraw with his injury because I still think him versus Levine was the best, you know, back and forth dunk contest that I, I remember witnessing. You know, uh, the Vince Carter one might be like my all time favorite, you know, where he put the arm in the, in the rim and, he was just doing things that nobody had done back in, I think it was 2003. And then I also really liked the Dwight Howard Superman year. But they didn't have like a foil who was, you know, going back and forth with them. And that's what Gordon and Levine had in 2016. It was awesome. Uh That said, last year's contest was maybe the worst that I can remember. So uh hopefully these guys can get it back, uh get us back on the right track. Uh, I am going to go with the favorite here. I'm gonna take Dennis Smith Jr. He had a record tying 48 inch vertical, apparently, at a, uh, offseason workout for the Lakers pre-draft. That guy can, can really get up. And, uh, little guys tend to do better, I think, in the dunk contest than big guys because it's just more impressive when they jump high, you know? So, uh, he's the guy that I'm gonna go with. That said, to me betting on this is like pure degeneracy like there's no way to have an edge there's no way to know you know which guy is going to you know care about it that like just bet on something else that's all i'm gonna say
1: (laughs) yeah i mean the thing for me with the dunk contest is that like even if we know even if we knew like who the best dunker was like if we had some way of, of tracking like who's the best guy that's dunked in games this year like it wouldn't help us figure out like who's going to come up with the best dunks like like creativity to me is just such a big part of the comp- competition and we just have no way of knowing um all that said i, I like me some Victor Oladipo 4 to 1 uh, again i'm i'm going with a little bit of a longer shot i just think that the dude can throw down i mean when he was at indiana i just felt like he was a, a super athlete I know that this year he's really gotten into a new workout regimen that's put his body in better shape. He's had a really good year. Uh, So I think he deserves some, some kind of credit on here and he would be my pick. But uh, again, I agree with you. Like, I just want to, I'll degen out with you on the three point contest, but I want to watch the dunk contest and not worry about anything else.
2: (laughs) Yeah. Um, I will say that Victor Oladipo did the dunk contest once previously, didn't have the greatest showing, but he threw down like a like a five forty or a seven twenty or something like that. it was really impressive dunk. like he's got the goods to get it done.
1: I love it. Now we'll move on to the final segment of the show, which is the book it. My bookie picks of the week, obviously brought to you by my bookie Matt what what do we like this week? What do you want the folks at home to be putting their money on this weekend?
2: So I don't have anything really uh, that stands out as far as an immediate bet. You know, not a ton of hoops coming up. There's only two games tomorrow. And I haven't really had time to sort of dig into those games yet. So I'm going to go back to the Raptors to win the East, like I mentioned earlier in the show. I think the Celtics are overrated. Uh, I think that the Cavs, you know, people are ready to anoint them again after two games. I'm not 100% sold on them yet. Uh, I think that there's just good value in taking the Raptors right now at close to plus 300 if you simulated this this season a bunch of times i think that they come out on top more than more than the odds that they're currently being uh booked at so uh i'm a fan of them i would take them to uh to win the east that's that's my my bookie pick of the week that you have to wait uh like 3 months to cash to take it on at least
1: hey at least we're getting money on that though <laughs> at least we're getting juice on that right now for me i'm going to go over to the track uh, we're talking All Star Break. We're talking Olympics. I- I'm talking Daytona 500 because this is a this is a great race. This is like the one NASCAR race every year that I'm like a lock to actually sit down and watch. And I, I just really think that Martin Truex is being underrated right now. Eleven to one on my bookie plus 1100. Uh, obviously, still a lot to be decided. The Can Am duels are uh, well. By the time you're listening to this tonight uh there's we haven't really figured out exactly where these guys are going to be starting the race but I, I feel like truex you know barring something happening to his car over the next few days is going to be in a pretty good spot to win uh not traditionally considered a great plate racer i think that's probably why he's not you know uh, closer to like plus 800 to win the event but in his last or over the last two years in plate races he does have the third best driver rating uh in the field uh, he obviously was the best racer in NASCAR last year. He did win the Monster Energy Drink Championship, uh, and he was he's been first in driver rating over the last two seasons overall. So really great racer. Uh, last year at Daytona, he made a really nice push at the end. I thought that he had a shot to win, but uh, literally ran out of gas <laughs> and, and faded back into the pack. Uh, you know, so I mean, if the if the crew if the pit crew can do a little better this year for him, which I know has been uh, a consistent area of, of worry. Uh, I think he can win. And I think, you know, 11 to one in a race like this, you know, high variance race, plate race, uh, but it adds a little bit of fun and excitement, I think to the, you know, to the event, uh, on top of all the DFS action, you're going to be getting in with your roto doc picks at Rotoviz. So, uh, you know, lay a little bit of money on Martin Truex and, and have some fun. I think, I think that's the good pick.
2: Yeah. I think that one thing that, Just goes to show you how, uh, you know, somewhat crazy this event is, is that you can get the field at plus 800. The field is literally tied with Denny Hamlin for the second best odds overall. And there are like, there are like at least 15, if not 25 drivers listed on this thing. And from the little bit that I know about NASCAR, like it seems like there are five to maybe 10 guys at most who can win in any given week. But there are so many crashes here, there's so much wacky stuff that happens that some guy who started the race literally like 37th and had the slowest car in qualifying could somehow find his way to the front just if things break right for him. So uh, that I think is another reason why the odds on uh, Truex are so low, but if he can get out to the front, the best way to avoid crashes, right, the the best way to to, uh, have smooth sailing is to just get out in front of the rest of the pack, so... I think, given how good he's been, that uh, his odds definitely seem low to me.
1: Yeah, I mean, you want to either be either be in the front or just hang out in the back, and that's you know survive as long as you can. I mean, if you avoid the big one and you miss, you know, like the twenty car, the, the twenty car wreck or ten car wreck, that's probably going to happen at some point in this race. You have a good shot to win, and you know it is crazy, like you said, that twenty six drivers are on this list, and so the field is is you know not even half uh, of the racers, and you get it at, at a pretty good odds, and, and they're no-name guys that you're getting in the field. So pretty crazy. Uh, but again, I like Truex. So uh, that's going to do it for this edition of Laying the Points, brought to you by my bookie. Please be sure to subscribe to, rate, and review the show on iTunes or your favorite podcast app, and get that deposit bonus on my bookie. Use promo code Laying the Points. For Matt LaMarca, I'm Anthony Mico. May the odds be ever in your favor.
0: Of a good deal, Sale into the season at Banana Republic Factory's Mega Labor Day Sale. Entire store fifty to seventy percent off. Dresses from nineteen ninety nine, polos from sixteen ninety nine. Find your nearest store or shop online only at Banana Republic Factory.